GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Dino 9, GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, producer, the Deadite Knight. Are there any pimps up in this house? Right here, right here. Thank you, thank you. Little Ooh. Godfather for you. <laughs> Welcome to episode 253 of the GameZilla Podcast, brought to you by... Our supporters on patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. As a patron, your contributions go to the growth, success, and existence of GameZilla Media and all of our various shows. We appreciate it so very much. Um, you know, get voting rights and um, certain perks start at just $1 a month. Exclusive content available $5 per month. And uh, I'm pretty excited because one of our Exclusive shows. It's only available at the $5 level. Patreon.com slash Media is the Dungeon of Doom, where I talk about what's happening uh, in the month of pro wrestling. And this coming Sunday is WrestleMania. So it's going to be lit. It's going to be sweet. I'm really excited. I'll probably record on Wednesday, so it'll be up uh, maybe Thursday morning for our patrons. And uh, you know what? I think I'm going to do something special to get people excited for WrestleMania. You know, normally Dungeon of Doom available at the $5 level. I'm going to do this one at the $1 level this month. Ooh. Just as a little bonus, a little thank He's you to our patrons. He's making his own rules because he can. Because I can. <laughs> so, you know, I want people to get excited for WrestleMania, and I want people to listen. $1, why not make it public? Maybe I will. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Maybe we'll make this one public. Free? Why don't you pay people to listen to it? You know, maybe I won't. I won't do that. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we'll figure it out. But I want a lot of people to get excited for WrestleMania season and, you know, get to experience the Dungeon of Doom. Know what you're getting into for the uh, other pay-per-views per year when I talk about them. So that's that's one of the exclusive shows. Of course, GameZilla Media pre-show is available there. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. You can listen to it. So it, become a patron today. Help us continue to keep this show free and available for you. Help us help you. Yeah, by entertaining you. That's right. All right. We got to get into this. It's episode 253. We're talking about Gearbox. We're talking about PlayStation. We got some Sega news. That's right. Sega's back in the news. All this and more. Let's get into the news. Yeah. Let's get into the news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download the video. Ah, topic number one. It finally happened. It is finally official. Borderlands 3 reveal happened. It's real. It's real. We saw it. Oh, no it's one can damn take it back. Real. No one can take it back. Borderlands 3 released at PAX East. Sorry, revealed at PAX East. Woo-wee! It's, it's, a, it's a game that exists. 
I, uh, I, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming early, uh, or sorry, late last week, and it was going to be happening at PAX East. We didn't know it was going to be Borderlands 3 exactly, but, I mean, we all assumed. What else could they be telling us? I thought it was going to be Borderlands the pre-prequel. <laughs> the pre-prequel. But we did indeed get Borderlands 3. We got to see the trailer. It was amazing. And it made me realize something that I've always talked about how much I like Borderlands. And I played a lot of Borderlands 1 and 2. Pre-sequel, -pre not so much. But I think I've underrated this game and how important it is to me personally and as a gamer. Because... I was emotional. I got emotional when this trailer hit. I was like, oh my God, am I about to cry? Like, what is happening right now? I just, I was so happy. And the trailer just, it, it just excited me in a way that a game, video game trailer hasn't done in so long. And that's why I just like, dude, Borderlands is a franchise I've definitely under I've underrated you. I, I've I've forgotten about you in a way that I shouldn't. You know, and I apologize. That is all on me. But boy, am I happy that this happened last week. Jedi, feelings on the trailer. Feelings on the announcement. Uh, we were both. The anticipation was running high. Yeah, it, it was it was a hot day last week. We were pretty excited because we knew Gearbox was. You know, they've been teasing it for for a little while. We've we've known the game was in development. You know, a new Borderlands game was in development for a while. And so Gearbox had this this press conference uh, at PAX East. And, uh, you know, it started off with them coming out and saying, like, hey, at the end of this, at the end of this hour-long presentation, we're going to show you a brand-new Borderlands game. Yeah, they, yeah, they laid it out to make sure people stuck around. <laughs> yeah, which I was kind of like, no, just show me now. I don't want to wait an hour through your other crap. Right, right. Uh, they, they showed off some other games that Gearbox is publishing. Uh, looked looked a little bit interesting. They showed off a new Borderlands card game that's about building clap traps. That Tiny I was like, Tina's, uh, yeah, that that looked really cool. Yeah, and I want it. Sells for about twenty bucks. Yeah. I was like, I could see, I could see us picking up some sets of that and playing. Yeah, absolutely. So that that looks like a fun one. And, you know, tabletop card games, party card games are so popular right now it kind of makes sense that you know they're getting a borderlands one in the mix so yeah absolutely um so the uh the presentation had its hiccups and and normally that would bother me right normally i yeah. would i would start to get annoyed but i was just so happy that this was happening and you know the card game was cool we found out that the handsome collection is getting a 4k remake in two days, yeah, it's it's going to be a free patch. So if you free. already own the Handsome Collection, yeah. you're going to be able to you know play it in 4K with HDR capabilities. Yeah, and it um, looked really good. They yeah. sh they showed that off first, of course, and then the announcement of the original Borderlands remastered, something that we've been waiting for, got announced, and with all of the features from like Borderlands Two, so four player co op, yep. mini map, all these things that were missing in Borderlands One put into Borderlands 1 and more changeable heads that's something that I guess yeah. wasn't it so I never played Borderlands 1 I got into the oh, series at Borderlands didn't. 2 wow yeah remember I I got into oh Borderlands goodness. 2 in like 20 13. Yeah, it was it was while L was in Europe. That was five. I didn't play Borderlands two until five years ago. Borderlands one was so like I mean Borderlands two was really good, but Borderlands one was very good. And the and some of the DLC that came out for Borderlands mm -hmm. one, which is all included yeah. in the remaster, is some of my to this day some of my favorite DLC ever. Yeah, I, I so they they announced this and it's something that we like you said we were waiting for it. We were excited for it. I didn't expect it. 
I really didn't think that they were going to come out during this Gearbox presentation and be like, oh, by the way, here's a HD, you know, 4K remake of the original Borderlands with uh, all the functionality, shift keys, changeable heads, yeah. four-player split screen, all the things you have from, uh, from you know, Borderlands 2, the Handsome Collection. And when's that come out? It comes out, uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes or our website, it comes out uh, tomorrow. That's right. It was on, on April 3rd. April 3rd. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's that's going to be – it's crazy. So we're not only getting the patch for the Handsome Collection on the same day, but you're also going to be able to pick up the original Borderlands HD remaster uh, with all those improvements. And you looked it up. It's going to be running you 30 bucks. Yeah, $29.99. So, so what do you think about that? You know, it's not bad. Um, I, I, I would I, – with the amount of time that I played Borderlands 1 and it's been so long since I've been able to enjoy Borderlands 1 because that wasn't included in the Handsome Collection, I would totally pay 30 bucks to play it again. So, you know, me being that, like, super cheap-minded person, I was like, yeah, but I could play it on PlayStation 3 for, like, $4. <laughs> I can go to any resale, resale store and buy Game of the Year Borderlands Yeah, but for like can you bucks. drop in and play with your friends... Because none of your friends play PS3 anymore. Yeah, which was the problem <laughs> with the pre-sequel. We'll talk about that in a moment. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. Even if I did have it on PlayStation 4, I still wouldn't be able to drop it and play with my friends. Why? Because I play video games from 4 to 6 p.m. Everyone else plays video games from 8.30 to midnight. Yeah, but this is Borderlands, so you know I'd be jumping in with you right when we got home. That's true. And if, yeah. we, can, if we can get that hour delay all figured out, we can hang out with our buddy from Minnesota. Yeah. Exactly. Ecto will play with us. Yeah. So I um I was super pumped about this. Thirty bucks is fine. I mean anything less would have been obviously better, but I think it's it's right at that breaking point. Anything more, if they if they tried to charge forty for this, I probably would be out. Yeah. But it's, the fact that it's twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Especially the if somehow I was still you know in that realm of being able to get uh, the discount on games, then yeah. you, then it'd be that perfect sweet spot for me. I think for cost of games, but it's fair. It's super fair. 30, you get all I the mean, DLC. You get a lot of yeah. game for thirty bucks. Yeah, especially that you've never played the Halloween DLC mm -hmm. from Borderlands One. That's worth thirty bucks alone, in my opinion. I love love that DLC. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to get it, and uh, hopefully it can be a holdover till Borderlands Three. Now you talk about no one play, you know, like not playing on PlayStation Three. That's what happened with the pre sequel. It came out as a PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Sixty game, like six months after the PS Four and yeah, Xbox One came out. So I was all geeked up. I went out and bought it. A bunch of us went out and bought it. I played it with you guys on release date, and then it was Ghost Town. No one else ever logged back on. I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna play the rest of the game by myself. Well, I think there's a few problems there. Is that one? Yeah, it released on the on the last gen console when we all had uh, the new PS Four. Yeah. And so we were playing games like um, uh, Shadow uh, Killzone, Shadowfall, for example, mm -hmm. and that game looked beautiful. And then you jump back to the PS3 and you try to play this pre sequel, and it was just like I was having a hard time even like seeing what the hell I was doing. Let alone that the pre sequel. No, it was not that bad. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was no, that bad. you need to get your eyes checked. No, it was that bad. First of all, I played as Claptrap, so that was the problem. Oh, that's the problem, yeah. actually. Okay. Yeah, so it really, that's probably what my issue was. But I just wasn't having fun, and, and I'm like, I have this brand new system that I want to play, but I'm over here playing this game, and I'm just not really that into it because it doesn't seem to be driving me like Borderlands 1 and 2 did. And so I that was a couple reasons why I bailed. It wasn't just. 
because I had a PS4. There, yeah. there, there was some issues to the point where I've never got like even with the handsome collection on the PS4. I've ne- I tried again to start the uh, pre sequel and just never got into it like I did with Borderlands One and Two. I still enjoyed the pre-sequel quite a bit. Not as much as 2, but a lot of people were like, oh, I really couldn't get into it. And looking back at it, it's like, yeah, okay, it, it had its flaws. But at the time, I was like full board like this is making my life happy. Yeah, I mean, it's still Borderlands, so I mean, it was better than nothing at that yeah. point. I mean, that's how I felt about playing Borderlands uh, Telltale. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was still Borderlands. I was I was seeing characters that I that I that I like and 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 comedy that I appreciate, but uh, you know, Borderlands Three, that the trailer, it just it gave me the feels. Let me let me play the music again. Yeah, let, let me yeah. let me get get you in the mood a little bit again thank with, you, with thank this track. You. Waiting for it. There yeah, it wait is. for it to kick in. Mm. Borderlands 3 though when this trailer hit when the hype was there, the hype was building they had the technical difficulties where the trailer wasn't even playing properly, I didn't care it it played and I was just like yes and everything I saw gave me that same like excitement and sensation that that, that the first two did and pre-sequel again didn't but I am so in day one. The second I can I can pre-order this thing, whatever collector's editions they come out with, Gearbox has all my money. Like I can't wait for this thing. The trailer did everything that it possibly could to excite me. From showing me old characters to showing me new enemies to dropping over one billion guns. That's right. One billion guns. That's ridiculous. I don't even know what to say about that, but they just had to put, they had to go. Like, that is such a Gearbox move when it comes to what they've done with the previous Borderlands and how they've upped their, up the ante every time. So, to the point where they're like, even with gun, guns with legs, and they show this little gun running on its own two legs shooting. I'm like, yup, yup, I need this right now in my life. Uh, we didn't get any information on the game. It just showed the trailer. It got the crowd. I mean, I watched the live stream. The crowd at PAX East lost their damn minds. Oh, yeah. The, the room was really hot. It Those was, were all Borderlands fans in that room. It was so cool. And so, I mean, short of being there, it was a great experience to witness, even, again, with the technical difficulties. But, uh... Yeah, we didn't get a release date. We don't know anything. You know, they basically showed that, and they were like, cool, thanks, guys, have a great day. Amped everybody up to all of a sudden care about Gearbox again. Borderlands is alive and well. Everybody's just hype and hype. And so it got, you know, it got us talking about what our hopes are for the game, and I think that will finish this topic off. We, uh, you know, my, my hopes for the game. Gearbox has never... When it comes to the Borderlands franchise, they've never delivered something that wasn't a cohesive, complete pro- like project. Yeah, you know the game was done, the story was there, the DLC just added to it. It wasn't cut out of the story so they could make an extra buck here or there. And so, or if it was, it was done so well that we didn't notice. That's what I need out of Borderlands Three. Is I need that same story that is just immersive 
and can take up a good chunk of my time with DLC that be it a season pass or however it is that you want to distribute this thing give it you know give me content and but the thing I want that's different than any other Borderlands is that I actually and I had this conversation on my on my you know my personal stream while I was playing some uh, video games I want this to be a game as a service yeah, and so and, and we had it. It was I don't want to say an argument. But we had a debate about it. Like, well, I, you know, and some of the people in in the stream were like, I don't want it as a game of service because Destiny Division. You know, they just keep rambling off games games that are in that category that have failed, that were incomplete on delivery, that had all these problems, and so. You know, they didn't want that out of Borderlands 3. I go, I get that, but but that's not because it's a game as a service. That's because the developer failed. Okay, the developer did not deliver their promise or or their or their or the vision that you thought they were going to or that they that they showed you at E3 and then it changed. Whatever the situation is, a game as a service to me, and when you read again, look it up on Wiki or whatever, when you read the, the definition. It's just an ever-evolving game, right? Yeah. So what I want is I don't want to play Borderlands 3 and fall in love all over again just to wait eight years for Borderlands 4. What I want is a game of Borderlands that stays with me until the next Borderlands. Yeah. Okay? We may we may knock Destiny, and it may Destiny right now might be in a bad spot, but, like, you think about Destiny as far as, like, the original game, you played it, it, it was a mess, but you enjoyed some of it. Taking King gave you a whole nother thing and then you kept getting these th you kept getting the stuff where you kept playing destiny it, kept, it still mattered to you that's what i want border i don't want borderlands to fall to the side and go back on my shelf and say i love borderlands i played the hell out of it but i'm gonna wait for borderlands 4 i want it to be a game as a service because that way three years down the road when they drop some hot dlc you know it it it's a game that i'll still be familiar with and still want to play so, so I want to I want to be a little more specific and build on your desires for the game. I want there to be post game game as a service. I want to be able to drop in and have that complete Borderlands story, the same experience we've had before. But when I hit post game, I'd love there to be weekly quests to do with your friends, yeah. raid type things. I would absolutely love if again you you still get all of that that huge. Uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of core gameplay where you can play it by yourself and have a great time, or you can queue up with friends and, and go and loot and shoot and do quests. But I would love to have weekly update special missions or limited time uh, special items you can go go seek after. Uh, maybe weekly goals like that sort of stuff for the post game. I don't need. I don't even need that in the day one. Like you know, I give. Let me play through the game how. I remember playing through the game, but then keep me coming back for more once I hit post game. Yeah, that's a great point, and I think setting you know advertising things like over a billion guns and stuff like that is that you're you're setting yourself up where people can run those events and those quests and stuff like that, and never run out of things to hunt for. Yeah, you know, so that's that's the coolest thing is that when you think of that many guns, and you think of like streamers and stuff, and you and you're watching a streamer, and they show off a you know they show off a, a super rare gun, and you're like, oh my god, I want that. You don't even you're not even guaranteed that your drop will be like that gun yeah, ever, <laughs> ever. And that's super cool. It, I could get see where it could be super frustrating too. But I mean, for me, 
I love that aspect of Borderlands always was something cool to me is that, you know, you and I could pick up the same gun and they could act completely different. And I, that was cool because I feel like some of these games you have select amount of guns and that's it. And so when everybody has those guns, there's just no variation anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's no, and I, I do like Borderlands for that sense of you can truly be unique in your gameplay because you can have loadouts that no one else has. Well, well, opening a loot chest, like one of the good loot chests that you know guns are in, is exciting from the first 10 minutes you're playing the game to when you've still been 20 hours in post-game or grinding DLC every time because you know you're going to open and there's going to be a gun that might feel like the gun you love but with different modifiers on it every single time. There is always new guns to get, and that's one of the f- things that makes Borderlands, for me, more fun than destiny ever was yeah and i think um you know i think the big thing there is when i think of loot boxes i actually look go, look, go back to uh you know to some of these um oh my god what did they call them there what were the keys that we needed to collect the uh shift keys shift keys thank you when you went to one of the one of the cities and you opened up the box, like that's one of the best loot boxes ever made because every time i gave, gave it a key i was like Oh man, what's gonna be in it? Versus like you know some of these other games we play, where I'm like, oh, I got another loot box. It's probably just a bunch of common shit. You know, like I just feel like shift key loot boxes are awesome, and if they keep it, if they do it the same way, I think uh, you know that's good. That's a good thing. But um, you know, that's that's about where I'm at with this game. I'm super hyped. I can't wait. I want it to be an evolving game. In game, I agree with you. A lot of it needs to come at the end game because I really want to focus on a solid story for the first 30 hours, 30, yeah. 40 hours, whatever it's going to take. Uh, but my last point on this, and then we can move on, is that Borderlands hasn't really played a role in this generation of gaming. And so we talk about game as a service because and, and how we want them to try to tap into that concept because and I guess the fear is they've never had to or they've ne- they just never have. So can they successfully not hurt their franchise that is you know beloved by so many people? And you know that that's the good question is that pre-sequel came out, like you said, after the PS4 and the Xbox one came out. On, and it came out on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. The only thing Gearbox has done with the Borderlands franchise in this generation is the port of the Handsome Collection, mm-hmm. and then teaming up with Telltale and uh, you know doing their their little adventure there. So this is really their first shot at it. That is really here's Borderlands Three. It's bigger and better than anything we've ever done before. And the reason why is because we're tapping into this generation's capabilities one of which hopefully is game as a service what are your thoughts on like part of me is scared shitless because i don't want them to like bite off more than they can chew and and go all in and because of it we end up with a fallout 76 mm-hmm. well I, I i think we're <laughs> a long way off from that for the aspect of fallout using the example of fallout 76 was so vastly different than Regular Fallout. Yeah. Where, you know, gameplay-wise, this is still going to be Borderlands. And I think even if we we get Borderlands 3 and it's all the same stuff from Borderlands 2, just bigger and better, 
I think people are still going to love this video game. Oh, yeah. I don't think it needs to evolve. That doesn't mean I don't think it. I, I think it would be best if it evolves in, in the ways we've just spoken about. But if it doesn't, we're still going to play it. We're still going to have a lot of fun. And I think Gearbox knows that. They know that they can take a little bit of a risk, but they don't need to to put go all in on on a certain aspect of changing the way the game plays. Uh, you know, they came out right at the beginning of the conference and sort of clowned about the fact that it's not going to be a battle royale. Yeah, right, yeah. So, like, you know, right there, right there, that tone, they set the tone of, like, no, we're making our video game. They're less concerned what other people are doing. Is that going to make the game feel old? I, I, don't, I don't really care because mm. it's sort of the same way that, I don't know, when a new Mario game comes out, it still feels like Mario. You don't complain that it doesn't have these new special features. It's true. You know, so, like, if that's what happens, so be it. I don't think they're going to derail this. Yeah. All right, so Borderlands 3, it's it's coming. Can I share a disappointment? Oh, yeah, sure. Can I share something that I actually found as a, a letdown after watching the trailer? Because I think I was excited, but not as excited as you and some of our other friends. Really? Yeah. What's your disappointment? They they showed, it was just a really flashy like highlight reel that showed you the environments. It yeah. showed you some gunplay. You're like, okay, like the new environments have me kind of excited, that sort of stuff. I actually would have been more hyped up to know a little bit more of the story. What are the oh, challenges facing these Wall Hunters? get that at E3, though. I know, but I want it now. <laughs> like, right, I was they, a little they're down. playing you. They knew that, that they know that. Yeah, but they could have given it to me now, is my <laughs> point. Uh, and you know, I want to know more about this group of Vault Hunters. I want to know more about the bad guys. I want to know more about the motivation, because that's the best part about borderland the gameplay super fun but I, lo I love the story i love the characters and that's that's what i was like oh man we kind of just got a highlight reel but i there wasn't even enough to make me ask questions like they showed off the new vault hunters and i didn't even get a glimpse enough to start winding up my imagination of what their powers are going to be and things like that so i just wanted maybe a little more focus on the characters we were getting and and a little bit less focus on the environments man you just you just want what they're they, they got to hold on to something they got they got to be ready to drop what what accidentally leaked via Twitter. Yeah. And that was gonna be, this would be my last point is uh Twitter uh post went up about Epic Game Store exclusive Borderlands 3 releasing in September, September 13th. So if that's the case, if that's real, now again it's it's April Fools. So I mean, this doesn't feel like an April Fools because they deleted the tweet right away, and upon request for comment, a lot of the outlets were given actually a bandit kind of throwing his arms up like I don't know what happened. Yeah, and so um, you know, I really think this might have been a real leak. Which, if that's the case, you know they are going to just drop. A big bomb. Well, they were going to drop a big bomb at E3 that I think has been partially spoiled now, but it's still going to be where they lay out some of that story. They really get you ramped up just a couple months before release. But you have my attention now. I'm looking now. <laughs> you won't ever lose your attention, though. <laughs> I don't want to wait anymore. <laughs> And I, like I was this. disappointed by I, that. I like this a lot. This is this is uh this is frustrated this is frustrated Deadite a little bit. Like, give me more. You didn't give me enough. You gave me a a, a neat little sizzle reel that you, you gave me all sizzle. I want steak, damn it. 
<laughs> That's what it comes down to. You don't get your steak until E3. I don't want salad. I don't Pax, want an appetizer. Pax it's East. meal time. Pax. It's meal time. Pax East doesn't warrant steak, okay? Boys got to eat. It's meal time. <laughs> you get your Whataburger at Pax East, okay? That's it. Your steak comes at E3. That's when you're going to get it. It's meal time. Yeah. I just, I mean, the trailer was good enough for you that it actually upset you that you wanted more. That's what that was. Hype train. Hype train? However you want to look at it, boys got to eat. That's right. I do. I am super curious now what the story is because of getting this trailer and be like, okay, I need to know more. So every time something leaks, now I'm going to be all over it. Just like, oh, what is it? What is it? Oh, I'm leaking. They yeah. need to just give it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Let us know what you thought of the Borderlands 3 trailer, what your hopes are, if you have any concerns. Over on the Discord, gameslowmedia.com. Click on that Discord button right on the homepage. Talk with gamers from around the world every day for free. And let's keep this going in the gaming general channel. Uh, all right. Topic number two. The PlayStation Store has done... The PlayStation Store will now refund pre-orders and games. But there is a slight catch. So... Tell me about uh, it. Last week, Sony came out and confirmed that it will indeed prevent uh, retailers like GameStop from selling digital download codes for PlayStation 4 games starting April 1st of 2019. Seems like a really bad date to really do this because now everyone started kind of thinking if it was real or not. It is real. Did you know I asked two different like girls in high school on dates different uh, April 1st? I was like, I really got to stop asking girls on dates. On April Fool's, I was like, no, this isn't a joke. I'd like to take you somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, guess you didn't learn that one. That yeah. one. Okay. PlayStation's timing is about as good as high school me. Yeah, so let's get into this, okay? No longer can retailers sell the, uh, the codes for games. They still can sell points cards and services like PlayStation Now and stuff like that, but you can't go out and buy from Best Buy a digital code for, you know, Borderlands 3. You're not going to be able to do it. So <laughs> that's how I was gonna buy it. No, yeah, yeah, well, dang. So buy all my things off cardboard codes. So let's cover a few of these things because it's uh, it's an interesting policy. Now, obviously, because of this, the only place you can buy digital codes for games is through the PlayStation Store, which means they have to have a refund return policy, mm. and that's why this came out. Pre-orders can be refunded at any point until a game's release. Then once the payment goes through, you'll have 14 days to claim a refund, but only if you haven't downloaded the software, and this includes preloading the software. If you are eligible to get your money back, Sony will return it to the original payment method, i.e. your credit card or whatever it is you have on, on file. But um, I've just been cramming money in the slot of yeah. my, my disk drive. So you can so. pre-order a game. You can't you can't download it and you can't preload it, which is something that when you pre-order a game on you know directly from the system, you can generally preload it uh, days or or a week before the game comes out, so that way you're ready to go at launch. Okay, let's not get into this yet because I want to cover the other half of it. It gets worse for games that are already released. All DLC and games that are already released, including season passes, still have the 14 days from the day of purchase to get a refund if you haven't downloaded or played the content. What's worse is that instead of getting a refund to the original payment method, like your credit card, you will get PlayStation Network wallet credit. 
Okay, so it's, you're just going to get credit to the store that you can spend in a different way. Now, to avoid frustration with this refund process, Sony suggests turning off the automatic download function so that you don't accidentally invalidate yourself from getting a refund. So this this convenience option that you've got on your system, disable it. <laughs> Now, I just my last point here before we get into the discussion of this is that I, I put down here Steam, for example, will refund your original payment method up to 14 days after purchase, even if you played the game in question for less than two hours. Which is a really good return. That's policy. a good policy, okay? Like, I'm sorry, but Sony's policy here is stupid as hell. I can't even download the game. And, and so. Let's okay. You can't download the game. You can't preload the game. I don't know about you, but I have automatic downloads turned on for sure because yeah, because you you're at work. You saw Jurassic World Evolution on sale. You hit it. It was downloaded on your system by the time you got home. It was a dream come true. That is the one of the one of the things that they promoted with the PS4 and the ability and just ease of use, convenience. And now you want to disable it if you you know, want to have a refund. And so I just, and this, this is so, this is so Sony. This is very Sony when it comes to this, where I'm like, all right, here we go. This isn't even a refund policy because the way that I purchase it, none, I'd be, I'd invalidate myself every time, every time. Cause I'm not going to turn off automatic downloads. I'm not, I'm going to continue preloading because when games, you know, that have a day one patch of an 80 gig day one patch, I don't want to have to worry about downloading the game on top of that patch, you know, especially when sometimes you let me download that patch in advance because I pre pre-ordered the game. You're disabling all of those features for me in case I want to refund my money. That's bad. Also, you can't even try the game. So the only reason I would refund would be like, uh-oh, I spent too much money this month. I need to cancel this game. Not, oh, shit, this game sucks. That's the only, there, there's only two scenarios. Like you just said, I spent too much money this month. I really should probably roll this purchase back. And the other one is like my kid bought something he wasn't right. supposed to buy and it hasn't downloaded yet. Let me let me get that money back, but they have parental controls and passwords so your kids can't download things. Uh, it just it it seems like such a like a quarter measure yeah. between actually having a real policy. Yeah, and they did go on to say that um, that faulty games would be the exception, but that's all they say. Faulty games. They don't actually define what that means, so it really leaves it up broad for them to kind of make the call themselves. But I, I guess an example I would imagine would be like what happened with Anthem, right? Anthem came yeah. out and it was so buggy that it actually caused systems to crash, PS4s mm -hmm. to crash, and would cause them to brick at some points, like break your system. So like that stuff that I don't think Sony would have any way to not refund. But what if like it's a story advancing bug that where you can't advance the story is that faulty enough to warrant a refund yeah you know we're gonna need more definition from them on that but it, it's just piss it's poor it's really poor when, in, in this you know time and i guess to the to some extent it's not it's not um it's when you think of like buying a physical game 
I've always thought about this, and and it's all it's still true to this day. I go buy a game, and the second I break the the wrapper on that game, I can't necessarily return it for my money back, right? But you could sell it. But I could sell it, right? That's the thing is I could trade it in. I could sell it to a friend that maybe is more interested. I could throw it on eBay. Like I have other avenues, but but the return, the refund process after I open that game is that. You, you can't really return it. And, and, I mean, you might be able to talk a company like, say, Best Buy or something to give you store credit, but they're not going to give you your money back because you say, I opened this game, I played it, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, and that, so when you compare that to, to this, uh, Sony's new process, it's not terrible, but, but, when you compare a digital purchasing of Sony compared to a very popular, um, platform of Steam, th- this is bad. This yeah. is real bad. And when you're moving into a world where you're limiting people from buying digital items from other other uh, cons- you know uh, companies and only allowing you to buy from PlayStation Network, you probably should be more lenient and and try to actually make a happy customer because I feel like it's one thing to get burned at like a at a brick and mortar store. Yeah, you know I've I've been burned at stores before. But I've I've somehow wound back up at a GameStop and paid and gave them my money. It's another thing where I um, you know had had a bad experience with a digital platform, and I just I just write it all off, and that just happened to me. I just had the Epic Store, I had my account hacked, and I had a, a really bad experience with the customer ser- the customer service of Epic Games. And I just took my payment process off of it. And the only reason the account exists is because I still have my Hades game attached to it. So I'm still playing that, but I will never add my payment plan back to it. And I won't buy, I'm just not going to buy games from it. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but I just feel like Sony, when you, if, if, if there is that, if it is this strict, when certain things happen, like you, you brought up, my kid bought this, but it did download. Yeah. What now? Are you out? You're just out? Like, I mean, and so to me, it's like if that happens, that customer is not going to come back and shop via the PlayStation Store. So, do you know what is Microsoft's policy for anything? Do they have any return policy digitally? I don't think they've come out and um, expressed it as like this yet because I mean, we're all moving, everything's moving this way. I think this next generation is really going to show us how much digital, you know, there is for digital purchasing, but. Uh, I don't think Microsoft really has come out and publicly pushed it like this. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they, I'm sure they have some form of it right now, but uh, I don't know enough. My my problem is if these companies aren't going to do a strong enough job vetting the content on their web stores for quality and uh, for appropriateness, the you need to offer some sort of refund. I, I shared the story uh, while talking with with Jade before we, we got recording on the show that I bought uh, Super Burger Time on the Switch. Yeah. I played it for like 10 minutes and was like, this is the trashiest, worst game. Like, it's nothing like normal Burger Time. And I, I reached out to Nintendo. I was like, this game is awful. It shouldn't be on the store. Is there any way I can get a refund for credit? And they just ghosted me. Yep. Like, I just wanted to be able to delete the game and get at least some of my money back to put towards a different downloading of a different game. And if these these companies aren't going to do a good job vetting content or allowing 
customer reviews on the games, which would protect people, they should offer refunds. They should offer a reasonable refund policy. Yeah. I don't care if it's an hour, two hours. Like That's super fair by Steam for you to be able to say, no, this this wasn't worth my money and right. get, get some sort of compensation in return. I don't even care if you buy the game, you put an hour into it and decide it sucks. You don't have to give me money back. Give me in-store credit. Yeah. I'm fine with that. It doesn't really cost you anything at that point. Yeah, exactly. Do a better job vetting the content. Yeah, I... Um I agree with you 100%. I think the, this needs to be reconsidered. Part of me thinks that a lot of these decisions do lie this way because the current infrastructure of their digital world is super limited where once you download that game, they don't have the ability to stop you from playing the game. You know, And that comes back to this whole like streaming, streaming video games stuff is that, yeah, you could sit there and, and pay, f- pay for this game access and you hate it and you want to take that money and get this game access, well, the second you do that, this lock, the first game locks out and now you have access to the second game. So streaming-wise, it's very easy for me to say, I'm going to give you this credit and you, know, and you can do what you want with it. It's different when you f- download the game and it's something like Super Burger Time or, or whatever you can launch that without any internet connection or anything, right? It, yeah. it, so that that part's true. But at the same time, I you know I had um, Metroid Samus Returns show up from GameStop damaged, called their corporate up and complained about the box being damaged, and they literally sent me another copy. And then I called them. I was like, hey, I got the other copy. Thank you so much. What do you want me to do with this? You know, Where do I send the other copy? And they're like, oh, just you know, do whatever you want with it. So like I, you know, even companies that I have problems with was d- took care of me in a way where they're like, we want to make sure that game's in your hand the way that you expected, and you know, um, dispose of the other one, whatever. They didn't care. Yeah. You know, and so like that to me was like that's not happening here with this policy in Sony. That's not happening with when when you have these brought these kind of just undefined broad rules that really sound not appealing to a consumer. And that's that's the problem where I go to Best Buy, I know I'm a Elite Plus member. I know whatever I buy, I have 45 days. Yeah. to make a decision. No restocking fee. No like I I have confidence that when I buy a product from that locate from that company that I really will get a true I get time to truly find out does this thing work for me? Does it do what I thought it was going to do? Does it work period and make my decision? If not, then I can take my hard-earned money back and and put it towards something else that hopefully will do a better job of that or something else. So, I'm not a fan of this. It needs to be tweaked. Maybe they will come the PS5 and maybe there's just limitations in their current infrastructure that they're trying to protect themselves. They're trying to per- protect developers and publishers uh, from 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 digital sales fluctuating. Like there I know there's a lot of things that can be um, causing this to be a little more uh, you know shitty, but it, it, right now the way it lies is like why well, why can Steam do it? Yeah. So all right, topic number three, Sega has announced the Sega Genesis Mini Retro Console. Yeah. A Sonic coin for them. There we go. So uh, the Sega Genesis in the U.S. and the Mega Drive Mini in Japan, uh, these devices will be, have 40 built-in games and will hit the stores September 19th 
2019. I uh, will let me just go through what we know about this, and then I think we'll have our our simple discussion at the end. But the Genesis Mini slash Mega Drive will have slightly different game lineups when released. So the Japanese version will include Castlevania Blood, Bloodlines, Comic Zone, Gunstar Heroes, Powerball, Poyo Poyo Two, Rent a Hero, Shining Force, Sonic Two, and Space Harrier Two. While the U.S. version will include Altered Beast. Castlevania Bloodlines, you. Comic Zone, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, Shining Force, Sonic the Hedgehog 1, and Space Harrier 2, and Toe Jam and Earl. So some slight differences there, but uh, additional games will be announced because obviously it's not all 40. We don't know the whole list yet, but um, this is... This isn't uh, their first. At- this isn't Sega's first attempt in retro gaming market, right? We we know there have been some of these Sega systems that have hit the market, and they have been god awful. And so, right out the gate, people wanted to know who is making this, who is working on this with you, because uh, previously it was at games, and those systems we were complete trash. I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. They were bad. They, you know, really subpar in the quality department of the ports. The audio quality was bad. There were, there was often uh, visual issues, gameplay issues. The actual build of the systems was usually really poor. Uh, I have one hands-on experience with it with an at games device, and oh man, it's it just made me say I'm never buying another yeah. at games product. And uh, so as soon as it was said that At Games is not making the Genesis Mini, that at least gave it hope because At Games was trying to cram out a ton of these when the NES Classic started to take off. Yeah, so uh, which that's a good point. The, the, the company originally announced, so Sega originally announced Mega Drive Mini a year ago. Mm-hmm. We heard about it a year ago, and everyone was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Um, but it was, and it was, it was announced a year ago to be the 30th anniversary kind of surprise for the Mega Drive. But uh, late in 2018, the company announced that it was delaying the release, seemingly over the quality issues that plagued the earlier consoles. At Sega, um, the or sorry, at the this the latest show that Sega was at, the company revealed the developer M2 will replace at games to produce the games for this device. So I don't know a ton about M2, but people do seem to be happy about this. Part of it might be just the fact that at games is not involved. Yeah. And they don't they don't know a lot about M2. Or maybe this the emulator scene knows more about them than I do. I'd have to do some research on this. But at least we know at games is out. M2 is in. It's a 40 game uh you know uh, 40 games in the system day one. It's going to come with two controllers. The American version is the three-button controller. Oh, that's disappointing. Yep, the Japanese is going to get the six-button. So, um, But it's the three-button controller. You get two of them in the box, $80. Um, and then the, you know, that's, I don't know, like, it's positive. It's $2 a game. That's not yeah, bad. It's positive because... Ad Games is out. Like that, that's a good thing. We, we know because if Ad Games was involved, this would be. I'd already not care. We probably wouldn't be talking about it right now if Ad Games was involved. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't waste my time. Yeah, it wouldn't even been an, a, a news topic. But my question to you is: 
are we sick of mini console, the mini console craze? Does this version of the Genesis Mini, the fact that it's not the first one that they've tried to do, will it even be successful? Do you think this has any room to really have a chance? Because let's be honest, the only person, the only company that's really shown success with these, like large scale success, is Nintendo, and that's it. So, so I definitely have a couple thoughts regarding what would need to be done for this to be successful. And I will also follow up with answering, you know, like, if, if I think this is going too far. I think Sega needs to eradicate store shelves of the at-game systems. There's a lot of them out there. You can walk into Bed Bath & Beyond and buy one. You can walk into a Target and buy one. You, I, Exception of, like, Best Buy. Like, most retail stores carry those at-game systems for the 40 or $50 they sell them for. They need to get those off the shelf immediately because if there's any confusion over which product is which, if people walk in and see that a store is selling both, they're in the video game department, you can buy the uh, the new one made by M2 or 2. What was it? M- M2. M2, yeah. You buy the M2 one for $80, or if you walk over to the toy department, there's the at games one for $45 that's going to create confusion and that's going to completely kill this thing yeah so that's one thing they need to get those off store shelves and fast yep and I, and I don't know what capabilities they have to do that I think that the biggest issue with the PlayStation classic is that lineup of games was god-awful the lineup games was god awful the emulation was bad like like that it, it was it was a bad overall release and so even if you had good games on that system if it was still running the way that it was Mm -hmm. i think you still would have a lot of disappointment there you'd have more sold and more disappointment in the contrast the success of the nes and snes classic was the quality of games that they put on there i think this sega just from the teaser we've seen is already better than playstation but it's not nearly as enticing as either of Nintendo's offerings in the area. So we're gonna, I'm going to be interested to see what those 40 games are. And they need to push really hard in marketing this in the nostalgia sense to non-video game players. Because you and I can get on our Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, or Xbox One, and for probably $29.99, download a pack of probably 60 Sega Genesis games that run really well in the systems we already own. They need to do a good job selling this to the person that isn't interested in the current generation. Or, you know, the dads want to buy it for their sons. Hey, son, I used to play Sega. I got you this Sega. That's who they need to sell this to. This needs to be a a holiday gift to give uh, someone else in your life that's a casual gamer. I think PlayStation tried a little bit harder to sell it to the hardcore gaming audience, and we weren't interested. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I think, you know, this is... It has... This has some chance to to be successful i don't know what the you know what the sega you know world out there is i mean i know sonic holds you know sonic has power right he's he's there with mario for sure he's not mario but he's definitely up there I, and and that could help for all the all those people that grew up that are out that have fallen out of video games because they're adults now but they played sonic as a kid like that that's the same reason why so many people were in line buying an NES classic mm-hmm. when they were like, I want to show my kid Mario the way that I played Mario back in the day, you know, and it still was that same scenario where I could play the original Mario 
in 20 different ways across 3DSs, Wii shops, and everything else. But that didn't matter to someone that had fallen out of video games 10 years ago before that system came out and was like, oh, cool, I can buy this little box and I can play with my kid and show them the Mario that I grew up with. You know, like, that's that scenario that, yes, Sonic could pull that. But the problem with Sega is that once you drop off Sonic and then you drop off, I don't know, like, Alter Beast, like, you, it instantly starts to go downhill fast. It's like, name, like direct Sega games on the Sega Genesis where it's like people know what it is. Everyone knows Sonic. And the second you fall off Sonic, number two is even hard. Like what is number two when it comes to Sega? Because I could go and say uh, Mario, Zelda, you know, Yoshi, uh, Dr. Mario. Like you can just keep going with Nintendo. Um, But what happens with Sega after you leave Sonic? That, that, that is the hard part, is is the Sega Genesis as a library had a lot of really good, it had a lot of strong titles. Yeah. The SNES had a lot of revolutionary, iconic titles, yeah. Yeah. where the, the Sega Genesis had did a lot for bringing arcade ports home. It did a lot for setting trends, but Nintendo made classics where where you had a less of that published on the Genesis. And again, like I don't, I'm not trying to like knock them. Like I love Gunstar Heroes, Castlevania Bloodlines. Like they're like a lot of those games, and we don't even know the whole list. But those, that short list that we got, I like most of those games. I was like, yeah, those are great games. But to the to that person that you are referencing, that person that that's the target demographic, they don't even know they've never played Gunstar Heroes. Correct. And so that's the issue here, where all of a sudden Sega has that to combat. It's like, well, right now I'm only getting Sonic One. The Japanese version is getting Sonic Two, but right now I am only I, getting. I thought our version was getting Sonic One and Two. It shows only Sonic One. Oh yeah. Cur- currently. Yeah, which is weird. Yeah. And so, and I can imagine, again, it's a 40-game list. You know, they're saving to release more. We might get all three. Who knows? But as of right now, when I look at that list, I go, huh, I'm getting Sonic 1, when realistically, I think Sonic 2 was was the game. You You got 40 spots? Sonic 2 Four or five of those should just be Sonic games. Yeah, Sonic 2. I mean, if you're giving me Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, I better be getting Sonic 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's 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 take a moment before we wrap this this subject up. And what what are a couple games that you can think of off the top of your head that you would require to be on here for it to be successful? I have a couple off the top of my head. Oh man. For Sega, I mean, I, obviously, I already said I want the Sonic games on yeah. there, but if I had to go beyond that tier that, two, that tier two game level of games that you remember loving about the Sega, that would entice you to pick one of these up and play. I have a couple. I'd love. Okay, all right, fine. If if it's just me personally, like the couple games that I would like to see would be Jurassic Park. Okay. Um, Vector Man. Vector Man, I think, will be on there. I think that I think that would be a, a yeah. slam dunk, and that's perfect for him. Those are those are a couple that I can think of real easy off the top of my head. And the one um, Gunstar Heroes, which is on there, that was an important one for me. Mm-hmm. A- and then a personal stab would be give me give me some of the fantasy stars. Yeah, there was a fantasy star pack 
and this would be an interesting way that you could play it. There was a cartridge that gave you like the first three games. Yeah. So like maybe you know something like that. If you could give me the first three fantasy stars, those were some of the best RPGs that you could play on the Sega uh, Genesis. So it's a, it's a no brainer. At least one of the three Mortal Kombat games needs to be on there. Yeah. The Mortal Kombat was huge for Sega. Yeah, I mean it. It was really because you got the blood, you got all the violence, uh, and you know, a home port of Mortal Kombat was such a big deal back then. It really helped sell that system. People loved that game on the Sega platform. Uh, give me one of the Road Rash games. Yep, those were great games, and that would be one that I would definitely still play on there. Um, I was. I thought of a few other. Oh, uh, you gotta have Golden Axe on there. Yeah, Golden the Axe. Good, sure. good arcade beat 'em up. You know, gotta love Golden Axe. And what would be interesting is if they put any Sega CD or 32X games on here as like a bonus. Like, what if what if Star Wars 32X was on Star Wars the arcade or whatever it was was yeah, on yeah. there. Yep. What if uh, you know? What if you had Sonic there like CD? There was a good Doom. There was a good Doom uh, port Doom, there you know, too. If like that would be that would be stuff that would be. I don't think they would do it because they're calling it the gen the yeah. genesis mini uh that would be exciting but you know sega had a lot of those games where you, you think back and go man i really like playing that with my friends back in the day oh absolutely it'd be really good to have that on there but what what they have to avoid is putting a lot of the sh- the, the more shovel wary games if you look at some of those at games packs you go oh man i want to play like four out of the 30 games on there they had they have to bring those big titles and if they could get a licensed game like jurassic park if they could get a few of those games that we played back in the day yeah i have another one that 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 actually is a uh exclusive that they need um turtles uh hyperstone heist yeah that would be really that was a really good brawler that that um you know again i don't know how how many people actually know about it but it was a really good turtles game yeah, and I honestly, Castlevania Bloodlines does right there. The sirens are going off, saying they're tr- they're trying really hard to yeah. get it right this time because that's a title that is like a it's a cult it game. Is. It is. It's, you own a copy. It is my number one looked for Genesis game. I'm always looking for a reasonable price on that game because it's it's a gem. It's a gem of the Sega Genesis that gets overlooked. Absolutely, it is. Um, I do. I, I am going to turn to Facebook for the first time in the show. We're live on Facebook every Monday night. Um, so facebook.com slash Grim the Dino. But Dan wants Bubsy. No, Bubsy wasn't good. <laughs> I don't care what sort of nostalgia goggles you have I, knew, I had to bring it up because I knew what you were going to do. There's that platformer where you're the dog that has like a rocket pack or you're like a, a kangaroo with a rocket pack. That was an actual good game. Wasn't that Ty? No, no. That's, no. that's something else. It's called something rocket or whatever. Put that one in there. Man, Bubsy was awful. Oh, uh... Castle of Illusion. Put Mickey's Castle of Illusion. You want to go big license game that was a really quality platform on the Genesis? Put that one on there. Yeah, but I think it's interesting. Like, I mean, we've... Um, oh, yes. Dan, Dan again and on Facebook. That's the one I forgot. Streets of Rage. Yeah, put it Gotta on Gotta have Streets of Rage. Gotta have some good beat-em-ups. Especially with a new Streets of Rage 4 in development now for, for the for current uh, platforms. Mm-hmm. Bring, bring back Streets of Rage. Honestly, I, I would love Streets of Rage 2. That was the one that I personally played a ton of. Yeah. But um, that's a really good shout-out. But I, I think... That's the problem, though. Streets of Rage is such a game. Like once he said it, I go, "Oh yeah, Streets of Rage," but I didn't think of it. And that's that's the thing that Sega's gonna have that's gonna have to combat a bunch 
Um, I'll buy one of these. Like I'm, I'm right there where I'm like, now that we've talked, like, so before we started the show, I was like, I'm gonna shit all over this. Mini consoles are dead, and there's too many of them. I don't care anymore. I don't even buy a PlayStation Classic. But I did buy an NES Classic, and I did buy an SNES Classic, and that's for one reason. I cared about those games. Mm -hmm. I didn't care what was on the PlayStation Classic, and I didn't care to hack it. So the fact that I care about this, and I am getting games like Gunstar Heroes, I am getting Castlevania Bloodlines, I am getting those games that mean something to me, I want this. But it is hard for me. I'm Right now, I'm literally, when you asked me that question, I had to try to picture my Sega wall in my game room and be like, what is on that wall that I would want on this system? And I was struggling because I'm like, yeah, I could say Fantasy Star, but like that's not one that realistically probably should be on that system because it's for for the most part, it is not going to sell that system. It will for me, but I am not normal. So um but yeah, that it is interesting. Now, I'm sure if I walk upstairs right now and I go stare at that wall, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that needs to be on there. You know, um, give me some Earthworm gyms. Give like, me, I don't know. Give me NBA Jammer hang time. Yeah. Like, put, put, yeah. You know, a couple really good, you know, that was the sports game on the Genesis. Put it yep. on there. Yep. So those are the things that uh, we'll see as, as they hopefully they'll release the rest of this uh, this list here. Probably I would imagine around E3 again, since that's our next big window of announcements, gives Sega some something to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Please visit GameZillaMedia.com where you can read the blog. You can check out our YouTube content. You can learn about all of our streamers and when they're going to be live. All that stuff available on our website. Let's get into the Zilla update. Yeah. Ah. Deadite. I got some things to talk about. I'm going to go first. Please do. Okay. First of all, I made a purchase. Last week, you made a purchase, and there's a lot of good moments about this purchase. One, I bought an item from Best Buy because I'm gonna be honest with you, GameStop disappointed me. So I went to the only place that would allow me to buy this game, this device. Still, everywhere else was like, "Oh yeah, you get it in May." I'm not gonna wait months for for this. So I buy this and I get it in two days and I was pretty impressed. Like, and it was, I didn't buy it from Amazon. Like I said, I bought it from Best Buy and they, they got it. It originally said it was going to ship out today. As we were recording, it was supposed to ship out and I would get it sometime this week. Instead, I got it on Saturday and that is the brand new Astro C40TR PlayStation 4 slash PC controller. <laughs> it's was, a nice looking controller. That was a mouthful. But basically, it's a tournament ready pro controller. Astro, do a better job naming your stuff. Yeah, Astro C40 TR tournament ready edition PS4 controller. But anyways. Be better at names. It Astro. is a pro controller that we got to use at the, um, we, we were using it at PAX South was when we got our hands on it. We got some hands on the prototypes, so they definitely felt like prototypes. This feels like a finished product. Uh, this, you felt it before the show. It was half the weight of this at PAX South. Oh, really? So when I first picked it up, I go, wow, it feels cheap as hell. Like, that was my first thought. They came over, and like, these are prototypes. They're not, like, they're not a finished product, blah, 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 blah. So I get mine, and definitely it feels it feels better, Okay. Now, just so everyone knows, it's a uh, uh, retails for one hundred ninety nine dollars. 
and you want to see it? No, no. Oh, I, I, gotcha. I want you to add information to you talking about this controller. Okay. You bought the what was the PlayStation scuff controller? Yeah. So so you've bought that. You own cinch controller, scuff controller. So you have a lot of experience in right. the pro controller realm. This is something that I like to play. Like I like to test these. I like I kind of like to try them all. You have the and, Xbox Elite. You've had yep. more um, one or two of those controllers. Exactly. Yeah. So and I did a stream uh, when I got the controller on Saturday of this controller. I showed off the cinch controller. I showed off the Elite controller, and I talked about things I liked amongst them all, but. This guy's two hundred dollars, okay, and that's what it retails for. I I got it a little bit for a little bit less, thankfully, because because of some some hookups. But um, the controller itself is very nice. I like I like the feel of it. It's modular. You can switch your joysticks around uh, where you you know if you want the joysticks to be parallel to each other, you can, or if you want them offset like an Xbox controller, you can. And if a joystick goes bad on you, you literally just buy a new module pop it out pop it in you don't have to buy a whole other controller i wish that's how my joy con work yeah that's stupid drift right so i thought hey that's a pretty cool feature but anyways it feels good my my one concern i have is that it doesn't feel like a 200 dollars controller that that's kind of my my one thought is that when i pick up a my xbox elite controller which costs less than 200 dollars um by about 50 bucks it, it feels more premium and that's I think true. I think that's what it is. I think the materials that are used for this controller make it feel less premium. Now, mind you, when you use it, it performs really well, and some of the features are unique to it that you cannot do with other controllers. I had no dead zone issues. I had no mapping issues where every time I turned it off, turned it back on, I'd have to remap it like I did with the Scuff Vantage, where I went through three of those in one week to find out that every single one of them had the problem, and Scuff had no idea how to fix it for months. Yeah. Now it sounds like they've turned around and they've started to correct those issues, but again, the Astro released with no problems. So it's a very nice controller. I like it a lot. I'm going to be using it more on stream and talking about it more, and I think I'll have a full um, opinion on it in a, in about a week here once I I put more time in with it. But my initial thoughts are, it is really nice. I believe it is my favorite pro controller. But um, really, even over your elite. Even over my Elite, and the only reason is is that now, and some people might not like this, but I do. There's only two paddles on the bottom, two, mm-hmm. and they're more of a button than a paddle, but they're they're on the bottom. And uh, the Elite has four, and they're they're very easy to to uh, click by accident. Yeah, that's true. Even just sitting the controller down, you you can activate them. So you because of it, you have to hold the controller, in my opinion, awkwardly. When and because of that, you're not as ready to activate those paddles as you could be so i i like this controller because the paddles on the bottom are stiff enough and in a place where if i'm if i'm running if i'm getting if it's an intense battle i'm not accidentally pressing them but when i need to press them they they respond quickly so that's a big piece to me that i like i get the offset um ability but i also can switch it back and forth which is something i can't do with any other controller so that's a that's a bonus to me i get the trigger stops you know like like the uh the elite controller and uh other than that it's it's very nice it can be wired or wireless uh which is the same as the elite the one downside to the astro is that it's not bluetooth oh is it like 2.4 yeah it comes with a wireless dongle Oh, really? That you have to plug into the PS4 or the PC. It works flawlessly, okay. so I will give it that. But 
again, when it comes to a premium $200 controller, you would expect it to have Bluetooth. That That is surprising. As long as it works better than you, I mean, obviously, uh, you're talking about a $200 controller. I'm talking about literally a $15 controller. But as long as it works better than the afterglows on the like the PS3 were like, they just never synced up to their dongle. Yeah. So as long as it syncs every time flawlessly and quickly, yeah. it's not a deal breaker. It's just not ideal. Yeah. And I played it wired and wireless. It felt great both ways. So I, I'm, you know, I'm not too upset about that. But I will say it again, it's just it's hard it's a hard sell when it's two hundred bucks. Yeah. And an elite controller is one fifty. So on that level, the elite controller and the Astro are like neck and neck. I'm giving the Astro that that uh win right now because of the customization that you can have with it. You can do a little bit more with this controller than you can with the Elite. So um it does come with a USB cord. It's thick, not not the greatest USB cord. It does come with a very nice hard shell case. Um, and obviously different joysticks and tools and the wireless dongle. So overall, I'm liking it a lot. I know um, Spidey2KX picked one up as well, and um, his hasn't showed up yet, but we'll, we'll have multiple opinions of this controller in the Discord if you want to talk about If you're in the market for buying one, come talk to us because we've literally used everything that's on the market. Big question for you. Do they sell an extra dongle in case you lose one, and how much is it? Um, so that's a good question because otherwise you can go wired, so you're yeah. not dead in the water. Yeah, if that's you lose. a very good question. Right now, they don't sell anything separate for it, so yeah. you can't buy one right now. Okay. But they have already come out and said that they are making uh, accessory parts. So I would imagine that's going to hit the store here eventually. I but you know I would hopefully say twenty five at the most. Mm-hmm. You know for the wireless dongle. I also am concerned is how do they, is it going to be a universal dongle that anything can sync to it or are they paired, uh, you know, out the gate? And again, with, if it's two, and I don't know what the communication is through it, but if managing it's 2.4 or something like that, um, you know, I don't know what, uh, how they're, how they're doing it because they don't explain it. So, but yeah, uh, it's nice. I had, I was super pleased with playing with it, but also just how quickly it got to me. So it was just an overall, really nice experience uh you can catch me on my stream um most nights uh most weeknights around 8 p.m 9 p.m and i'll be using this controller and i got a whole um vert- or a vertical camera that's just shooting my hands in the controller now just so that people can really see the controller uh, if they want my my short piece is i picked up my while well, i waited for this to be delivered i picked up my playstation vr through moving out to the living room downloaded beat saber and oh, oh Beat my Saber. god all right yeah it was a blast man you have to play this game we, i want to play that yeah, actually it was i was like i don't know why i did it i i got i got on my system saturday and i was like man when's my controller gonna be here and no one was online so i didn't want to play apex with randos so i was like i'm gonna buy beat saber <laughs> like it's just like i was like i'm just gonna go buy beat saber how much was it 40 bucks okay and that was, I mean, it's supposed to be great. It was 40 bucks, and that was with all the music packs, all okay. the additional oh, volume okay. volumes. So I uh, downloaded it, and I tried playing it in the game room, and I knocked my—I my, can't see anything, right? I just blast a glass Coke, 
and just flies <laughs> yeah, yeah blast a glass coke as I'm swinging this lightsaber and uh, needless to say my wife I took the headset off because I knew I hit something and my wife's looking at me very unhappy and she's like I don't think you have enough room for that in here and I was like I think you're, I think you're right I think you're right so I uh, so I packed up all my stuff and went out in the living room where I had plenty of space what do the dogs think about you playing Beat Saber they don't like it. They don't, I yeah, they, they don't like it at all. Um, Loki goes and hides all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I played in the living room and it was a lot of fun. And the the feeling I got with it was kind of how I first fell in love with Guitar Hero. Yeah. It really was that like, wow, this is really cool. Cooler than I thought it was gonna be. I want to try it. Like, and I was playing on normal. I was like, I want to try hard. I want to try expert. And I got to expert and like I couldn't, I can I still to this right now, I cannot get through a song on expert. So I'm so I'm like driven to like, oh my God, I have to practice. Yeah. It's so much fun. So much fun. Uh, I, I I'm glad that I have a purpose for my VR again because Ace Combat was not what I thought was going to be it, and it turned out not to be. You going beat saber pro? That's right. But what about you? Oh man, I uh I'm I'm honestly a little a little bit ashamed of what happened to me. <laughs> oh God, I can't even I can't even believe I'm going to say this on the podcast because I know that I'm going to be filled with ridicule in our Discord. Oh, I was I was bored. I didn't feel like playing any of the games that I had, and uh, I I hadn't game with Grim or Owl Zero, also known as our good friend Jazzy Fiddle, in a while. And I was hoping that they were going to be down for some Apex. And so I'm I'm texting the boys like, hey guys, what's going on? I could uh I could probably do some gaming. Like, oh, uh, you know, you guys want to get an Apex? And they're like, we're queuing in the league right now. I'm like, no. How about you play some PlayStation with me? And they're like, how about you play League of Legends with us? I was like. Absolutely not. And they're like, come on, man. Come on. Just just give it a try. We'll, we'll try and get you in. Oh, I can't believe I did it. <laughs> I opened my computer. <laughs> and I, I still had it downloaded from the one time I played with you guys. Yeah. And I I signed in and I, I I played League of Legends with you and our boy Owl Zero. Woo! Yeah, you did. Uh, How'd you feel? Well. I mean, besides dirty. Besides being dirty... And besides feeling victimized, that's normal. I feel like it it gave me the opportunity to rise up above all of our friends listening to this show cuz April Fools I didn't play that stupid <laughs> game. Suck it. Yeah, give you the horns. No, I didn't play I didn't play. We just needed an April Fools joke, so. Yeah, yeah we got gotcha. you. If you believe that for even a second, ha! But uh, eat shit. <laughs> yeah, you got tricked by me making up that I played a video game. What a loser Sucker. I am! We 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 couldn't come up with anything better, anything better for April Fools. We, we tried. didn't try that. <laughs> we tried. I was like, we can we can tell people I played League. That will be a real swerve. <laughs> you pitched it. I was like, good enough for me. <laughs> We're real low, low effort on our April Fools joke. So, um, no, let me tell you what I actually did this weekend. Bring the track in hottest video game song ever written Mortal Kombat 11 early access beta was live for just this weekend it went live on Thursday it ended last night like midnight pacific time or whatever and uh, most of my free gaming time I had this weekend which is not as much as I would have liked it to be 
was put into playing the Mortal Kombat beta. And so, you know, I have some initial impressions here. I have some first thoughts, uh, and I'm pretty excited to share with you. And Grim, you also got in on the beta. You you pre-ordered Mortal Kombat 11. Importantly, you pre-ordered on PlayStation, right? Get over here! I did, yes. Whew, I was worried you were going to go Xbox. I uh, mean, you saw me playing the beta, didn't you? Did I see you playing the beta? No. Oh, okay. Then never mind. You didn't know. Yeah, I uh, I played the beta, pre-ordered it, uh, and got to play two. I think I played like two towers. One is Jade, one is Scorpion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think I we talked a little bit about it. It feels different. It feels a lot different than yeah. Mortal Kombat X. Um, which... But not bad necessarily, right? Like it just feels different. And I still, as I played more, I I kind of fell towards the injustice side of me and was like, okay, yes. yeah, I can, I get this, I get this. In a lot of ways, it feels more like Injustice Two than it does Mortal Kombat X. And in, in a lot of ways, yeah. just the, the pacing, the flow of the game. Yeah, and that at first threw me off. I was like, I, I think you and I said almost at the same time was. I tried to kind of like jump at a character and kind of do like a down smash mm-hmm. and up back right up into like a juggle and it like it wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't there. And I'm like, am I just that rusty or is is it changed? And it, it was changed. Yeah. They, they, so so one thing that was really key to playing Mortal Kombat X is the pop up mechanic. At pretty much every character, you did a jump and a and a punch, you know, up close, and you would just do a down punch and pop someone right up and you're ready to combo them right there in the air. Yeah. Where in Mortal Kombat 11, your pop-up moves often come off doing an enhanced special move or stringing a combo with an enhanced at the end or maybe it will be uh, what they what they call the crushing blow, uh, which can be activated in various different ways depending on your character. So doing pop-ups and, and comboing people while they're in the air is very different in this game, so you have to strategize and play differently. So when I was playing uh, Baraka, who is a, a favorite character of mine from the series, I found out that 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 my crushing my pop up came off of an enhanced uh, special move. So I was trying to work that in. It still took me a while to get into it uh, from that aspect. It just it feels different. The way you strategize and the way you play to try and combo is different, which is fine. Like games are going to change and games are going to evolve. Yeah, and I'm so. I'm not worried about it. I, I think um, it's going to be interesting the more that we can get into the game. But I do feel I, part of me is like, are the, is this more kind of that street fighter syndrome where it's too, it adds too much complication to the game that some of your core Mortal Kombat fighters that like the simplicity of it maybe this is why this is another reason why they were anti mm-hmm. going this injustice way uh for this game let alone uh, forgetting about like the ability to um collect armor and different pieces and having that affect your game like they already didn't like that but also this mechanic changing really what we know mortal Kombat to be for at least several games that have come out the last several games what I think it will actually do is the skill gap will be a little bit larger. Yeah. If, you know, I would say I am an average casual Mortal Kombat player. If someone's like, I'm an F- FGC guy, I- I'm not going to be able to hang. Yeah. If someone's like, I've never played Mortal Kombat ever, they might be able to bush and button mash and meet me. But, yeah. you know, but like, I at least understand the game. To someone who is good at Mortal Kombat, versus someone who's ca- more casual, there's going to be a bigger skill gap because of that, I believe. But yeah. for two people that are more pick-up and play, more casual gameplay, I think it's going to still keep things balanced out pretty even. 
Well, I think the people that under, and that's where this comes exactly down to it. The people that understand the enhanced moves and the, uh, was it crushing blow? Is that what it mm-hmm. was? People that actually spend the time to understand what those are versus just have fun with the game. Yeah. That's going to be a day and night difference. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part where I felt like you could go into Mortal Kombat X and you could just go into like the combo, you know, you could go in your move list and you could practice a few things and really put together uh, one style of, of a fight that you could then turn around and try. And I think we did that a ton in Mortal Kombat X, uh, yourself, Sci-Fi AJ, me, and, and others. But this one, I feel like it, it does remind me more of the of the Street Fighter where it's like, okay, I got to worry about, you know, countering and, and, and V-break or whatever they called it and all this stuff in order to really uh, have a chance in a fight or to get or not even have a chance in the fight to be able to combo the, the way I want. And that that's a little weird to me. I think I'll adjust to it. I just out the beta. I played those two towers. I did some fatalities. I got a couple accidental brutalities. You know, like and and I was like, all right, yeah, it's cool. It's pretty. I don't know. I, I go. I'm indifferent on how it feels, but I also couldn't really try out anything besides classic classic tower combat. So I really couldn't even go into training mode mm-hmm. to to really sit there and like practice. And that to me was like, all right, I don't think I'm going to put a whole much, a whole lot more time into the beta. Uh, I'll just wait for either the next wave of the beta that maybe opens up another mode, or until just the game comes out later this month. Yeah, I use the, I just put the tower on easy and ran through as each character and yeah. use that like like the closest you could get to actually having a training. You know, I couldn't quite get in the lab. You know, yeah, as yeah. as you like to when you. Decide, hey, I'm going to learn this character. I'm going to go spend 10, 15 minutes learning some basic combos and some stuff. You know, you couldn't quite do that, but at least throwing the tower on easy, I was able to get a feel. I did play through a tower with each character at least once. Uh, I still don't like Cabal at all. I still don't like him as a character. That's because he's trash. I, I didn't like fighting against him. I played a few fights online, and I was annoyed playing against people that were playing as Cabal. Um, I didn't like playing as him. I like nothing about Cabal. Of the, of the, what was it, five fighters? I was like, okay, played one Towers Cabal. No thanks, not going to play that again. Uh, I was really excited to play Scarlet and didn't enjoy playing as her that much. I had a yeah. hard time getting a grasp of the special moves and the loadout that I had. I had a hard time getting a grasp of the combo, so I'm not sure if she's just a, a player that doesn't fit my play style or if it's just a, she's a character that I'm going to have to put more time in to learn. And I don't know if I'm willing to put in the time to learn. They're, you know, yeah. like that's It's hard to say during the beta when you have only certain loadouts. You can, you can tweak them a little bit, but there's going to be so much more available in the main game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the other thing. Everything was balanced. Like you could change your fighting style, but it, besides like one move adjustment, it didn't change yeah. anything else. Uh, you played Scorpion, so Scorpion feels a lot different than the last couple Scorpions have, yeah. and I think it's part of the storyline. We're going to see more uh, human version of Scorpion yeah. than we've ever seen, and it almost felt like in a lot of ways he fought more like a hero than fighting like a demon. Well, what do you feel? Here's here's the big question for, that I have for you. How do you feel about his his actual like chain move, his get over here? Where where it doesn't just stun and leave you available for yeah. an upgrade? That's a balance thing. 
balancing. It's a balancing 100% is that I was so shocked when I first threw it that when I pull him, pull the character, your enemy towards you, you basically throw him to the other side of you, you slash him with your katana, and that's and that's it. There's no stun. There really is no stun. Yes. It's just kind of a switch sides. Because it's a frustrating thing about, so sci-fi AJ, uh, a.k.a. Baxi Baby, Scorpion main, loves maining Scorpion, and getting caught with that and just pulled over for someone to uppercut you or combo you, it's frustrating playing against Scorpion. It always has been. So the big complaint for years about Scorpion as a character is, oh, that's Ed Boon's favorite character. Of course, he's a little OP, or he's the casual character that's OP. Being able to nerf that aspect of him a little bit makes you strategize a little bit different about how you're going to use Scorpion. Uh, and as someone who doesn't like fighting against Scorpion, I, I appreciate what seems like a nerf. I do, but at the same time, it changed the character. That, that move alone changed the character so much that I yeah. that it bothered me. And then it instantly scared me as to, okay, well, what are they going to do to sub? Because sub's freeze is the same thing. It's mm-hmm. a stun. So they're gonna ch- like. Are they gonna change it? Are they gonna make it where like it's got a longer wind up so people can react to it easier? Yeah. Like, what is it? Because if this is a balance game, you can't just shift it to sub being the cheapo. Like, I feel like you're trying to balance the game out. So wh- what is what's gonna happen with some of our characters? Noob, you know we, we know we know you're you're excited for noob. So what's gonna happen with some of the moves that maybe you were familiar with a couple games ago when he was when he was still in it? I'm slightly concerned that they're they're taking some of the iconic moves of a character and altering them. Yeah. Too much. And I get it is because the juggling game is different now, so the stun game has to slightly be different. But I don't know. Now, the one thing I have to say about that, and it, because I'm thinking a little bit in the realm of speculation on this one specific thing, uh, there could be a variation of the of the spear of the throw move, yeah. that yeah, you can equip true. and unlock later that does do something. You know, like we, we just don't know enough. That's and that true. was something, again, it, it, it changed up the way I felt about the gameplay a little bit. But, again, it, we're talking about the beta, so until we know that that isn't a loadout option, because that would be a cool thing, the classic spear throw with the stun, we just don't know at this time. But I agree, it was a little bit jarring for playing the character Um so, you know, I guess that was my thought on Scorpion. Uh, I played a lot of Baraka. I mained Baraka throughout the the beta, and I just got to the point where I was playing some of the tower on hard with Baraka because I was getting comfortable with the loadout I had, getting comfortable with some of the combos. And um, I actually really enjoyed Baraka. We talked about this the day after I played the beta for the first time. Baraka is always supposed to be in this, like, badass leader of the Tarkatan race. He's supposed to be, like, this general in their army and just be a, a, a total killer and he feels really tough and yeah. rough and he feels like he hits hard and he feels like he is a killer i really like the way they they made a character that i've already really liked in this game uh and the the surprise that i didn't expect i think the character of all of them that i would have actually invest the most time in maybe maining was jade i played the jade in the royal guard variant that they had and she felt really good yeah. the, you know getting a little bit of range on the staff uh you know the 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 teleport you know the the like slide kick was there yep. like she had a lot of really good moves that were really fun to play yep. and if reptile's not in this game uh who was my main in mkx you know, I, I think I'm going to try to main Noob, but Jade might be my number two. Yeah. Especially because no, yeah, Melina was my number two in MKX. So. Yeah, she felt she felt really good. I do agree with you there. So overall, the beta got me really... I, I'm excited for the game. You know, it, it, getting used to the way that the uh, the 
whatever the final kill. What do, what do they call it in the game? It, it's the the X ray's gone now. It's like a, a final kill or something where when you and the, the uh, that's another big change. You can't just drop the X ray type move at any time when you build up enough no, meter. Yeah. It's when you it's a, it's a final blow when you are weakened. Yep. So once your health gets below thirty percent, that's when you can activate this as sort of a balance thing. Which I like that because I never liked getting just total bo- totally bodied by someone and then them just dropping an X ray on me and be like, oh man, well that sucks. I like that you have to use it as a comeback. You also have to use it in that round. Yeah, which I thought was was interesting. Like. Uh, so, for me, like that, you uh, you're beating up an enemy. They get it, and they don't, and you and you finish them off, and then the second round comes around, they just trigger it. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. So, yeah, I agree with you. It is a, that's a that's a change that I like a lot. Is that it's not just a build up meter of just because each other because you're punching each other, it's building up. Because you're pulling off moves, it's building up. No, you really only get access to it when you are losing the battle. Yeah, and so yeah, it it. Uh, I found myself not getting a ton of them, but in the couple matches where I did end up uh, kind of having to fight my way back into it, I was able to uh, lean on it to help me get back into the battle and at least make it where I had a chance. Yeah. So I had fun. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 comes out on April 23rd. Got my pre-order in so I can play as Shao Kahn. You got your pre-order in, so I know uh, we'll probably be doing some streaming of that here in just uh, three weeks until until really so. Pretty excited about that. And uh, So if you play the Mortal Kombat beta or you got questions uh, about what we think, get in our Discord, get in Gaming General, and uh, let's talk about it or get in the GameZilla podcast channel. All right. uh, Did we have anything else we need to cover on the... The Zilla side? Uh, just just a, a qu- quick bit of house housekeeping. Uh, our boy Player One, Miggy, has been doing a great job converting this live stream and this podcast into some YouTube videos. We're going to be pushing uh, a little bit better and strategizing of better ways to get these videos to you through our social media avenues and through our website. Uh, so keep your eye out for those. So if you, maybe you don't have an hour and a half with headphones on to listen to this show, uh, we're trying to give you bite-sized sections of the segments of this show that are available for you through YouTube. So uh, keep an eye out for those. We're going to be trying to effectively push those out to you, and we definitely want to thank our boy Player One Miggy for his hard work of working with us every week on this show to uh, get those those videos out, and he helps us plan the show a bit too. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's been he's been a huge help. Thanks so much. And you can find us on YouTube. Just search Gamesilla Media. Yeah. All right. Uh, we wanted to reference our other shows out there. So the Legend of Retro. If uh, current gaming isn't your thing, and you like old school video games, and listen to the Legend of Retro podcast every Thursday, where Chops, Craig, Xander, and the Glitch take you on a journey in gaming history. Simpsons. We have a great Simpsons podcast. I personally think The Simpsons is the greatest television show ever. Uh, Noiseland Arcade, new episodes release on Sunday. So um, if you like Craig WK, you like the work he does on Noobs and Dragons and Legend of Retro, you'll love what he does uh, with The Simpsons on uh, Noiseland Arcade. And uh, I know a lot about The Simpsons. I'm a huge Simpsons nerd. And Craig, his his, uh, his ability to recall and know the episodes and know the stuff is uh, is amazing. I love the show. Yeah. He's he's crazy with that. Uh, Noobs and Dragons is our adventure, our Dungeons and Dragons adventure, where three noobs, including myself, go on an adventure through our, with starring, 
Craig WK as our dungeon master, putting us through the ringer, teaching us the game. So this is this is not only a, an amazing story that you get to travel through with Jandar, Tilly, and Alistair, but you also get to learn Dungeons and Dragons through our mistakes and through the expertise of Craig WK. You can really pick up some cool stuff there. So make sure to check that out every Wednesday. And then we have two movie pa- podcasts at gamesillamedia.com. Uh, we have the Movie Blast podcast where uh, Bob and Back shoot you through about a 20-minute recap of, uh, of a movie. Maybe it's one of your favorites. Maybe it's one you've never heard of. Uh, they're going to tell you things about the movie, give you a synopsis, give you some reviews, and uh, maybe they'll motivate you to go see it or uh, you know reminisce about one of your favorites. And, of course, we have the Last Action podcast, all action movies, all the time. Give it a listen and uh, get your, your full throttle take on uh some of the best action movies ever made. All right. This has been episode 253 of the Games Little Podcast. Remember, you can head on over to gameslittlemedia.com and you can check out things like our YouTube, streamers, blog, Discord, all that stuff uh, you know, to get you through your day in between all these other podcasts that, uh, that this network has. So. And don't forget patreon.com slash gamesillamedia. Uh, even $1 a month. I know if you listen to the show, you can afford $1 a month to help your boys. 100%. Uh, keep, keep the equipment together here. Keep our hosting up. We Every dollar goes a long way. And uh, as a reminder, it is WrestleMania week this week. So you'll be able to get uh, this month's Dungeon of Doom. Uh, we're, we're posting it there. I, it's going to be discounted. I'm not sure if it's going to be a dollar or maybe free to the public. But I want you to get excited for WrestleMania. I want you in the Discord in the Dungeon of Doom channel talking wrestling with me and that's available patreon.com slash games of the media should be available for you probably Thursday morning all right and then breaking news is uh, some new content coming to Patreon something I've been working on for a few months now but uh, I will be bringing uh, as Deadite brings the Dungeon of Doom to you I will be bringing the uh, the new piece for Patreon, which is going to be a topic piece that I cover weekly uh, coming to Patreon, where it'll be like a, a PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo-focused little tidbit that hits exclusively on Patreon. And it'll either be around some news that are hitting or something personal that I experience within gaming, but it's just going to be a little extra content that you can find on Patreon uh, of what's going on in Grimlock's head. So there you have it. Thank you for hanging out on episode 253 of the Games Little Podcast. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on. With your Crocs on. Yeah.